right. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this is the uh, second episode of Premier Life Podcast. Uh, we welcome you all. Today, in our midst, we have uh, the honors uh, to introduce uh, Dr. Samuel Ayala. Uh, and he is an emergency medicine uh, physician in uh, New York. And he has over 12 years of experience in the medical field. Uh, he graduated from the University of Massachusetts uh, School of Medicine in 2009. Uh, and had his residency in emergency medicine from Albert Einstein College of Medicine. Uh, he's currently affiliated with uh, New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital. Uh, Dr. Ayala, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to speak with us today. Absolutely. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me before. Thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, actually, I actually forgot to say that he's actually also uh, a faculty member at Rio Cornell School of Medicine. Um, yep. cool stuff. Yeah, pretty, pretty good stuff. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Ayala. So, I mean, my first question for you, uh, for, for all the guests that I host, Dr. Ayala, my first question to them is always about what their story into medicine is. And so I will throw that ball right into your court. What is uh, the genesis of your medical journey and of your story? Well, um, uh, you want to know when I was born first or what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, yeah so yeah uh so it, it, it all starts um one right. cold night no no i'm joking i'm messing with you um right. i journeyed to medical school so um honestly speaking right. uh my interest in medicine all started when i was younger um i don't have much precedence before me and i grew up in a very humble background of um you know my father was the son of a farmer the son of um, eight children, um, excuse me, uh, nine children. Wow. Um, and my mom was, um, you know, the fourth of eight children. And she was the daughter of a blue collar worker slash uh, handyman. So there was not much present before me. Um, nobody went to a four year college. The only one who went to college was my mother, um, who actually is, uh, was a, is a nurse. Um, she went to nursing, uh, got her associates in nursing. Um, actually the, the year I was born, I was in her, in her belly, almost getting ready to, uh, be, be popped out when she ended up, uh, uh, taking her nursing boards. So, wow. I guess that, 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 that's the star right there. I, I guess I would listen in on her, uh, her nursing classes when I was inside her belly. Right, right. That's right. the that's the real genesis right there. Yeah. Uh, no, I have to I have to, I have to be honest with you. That's it right there. Um, and you know, growing up, I always had a keen interest in um, sciences, memorization. I was really really good at it. Um, somewhat of a little bit of a nerd, like all um, all talented and career oriented people. Uh, read a lot of books, um, and uh, eventually in high school, getting into sports. Um, did both of them at the same time, reading sports, um, became a student athlete when, and where I grew up in Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, but yeah, uh, my mom's influence, uh, you know, visiting her at work. Um, she, uh, for almost 40 years was a obstetric nurse and based a medical center in Springfield, Massachusetts. And, um, uh, you know, we'd go visit her. She would introduce me to some of the doctors there. Thought it was kind of cool what they did. And, yeah. Um, as I would myself go to my pediatric visits, uh, 
um, you know, when, when I would see the pediatrician, you know, it was always interested in what they do. And I thought it'd be really cool and, uh, you know, quite an honor to do something like uh, medicine. So, um, you know, I took off, you know, realized that I had to work hard, um, did well in middle school, high school. Uh, like I said, a student athlete um, that was a uh, captain of football and wrestling team. Uh, I was valedictorian of my high school um, in Springfield, <laughs> Massachusetts. And that was probably of a, of, of, of a graduating class of about 410 so valedictorian. And I was lucky enough with, um, you know, the, the way I worked so hard to attend Brown University. So I went to Brown University undergrad. Um, there knew I wanted, uh, you know, to head toward my pre-med sciences, but also still having the ability of having a liberal education, uh, and Brown University was a good spot for it. Um, you know, uh, graduate, uh, 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 from Brown, uh, took a year off, um, worked in a clinical laboratory and in that year off applied to medical school. And I was lucky enough to get into medical school at University of Massachusetts in uh, 2005. So that was, um, that's my, my life in a nutshell up until medical school. And I'm sure you have, uh, yeah. you know, more, more, more questions yeah. to ask. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, again, yeah. like I said, not, 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 men, not much precedence other than my mom, right. a, a very powerful woman. I was raised by a powerful woman who had a uh, a big voice. Um, she, you know, she was the the middle, basically the middle of the pack in her family, but one of the most powerful in her family because she was loud mouth and <laughs> very aggressive with what she wanted in life. Right. Uh, she was on. She went to educate herself. Knew that she um, needed to take care of her children and. The way she needed to do that was by educating herself and getting a real job, which is nursing. So very humble background. And with that precedent, she, you know, she's the one that helped inspire me. She's one of my, my heroes, my mother. Right, right, right. That, that is such an inspiring story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, thank you. So, so we hear about emergency medicine physicians all the time. Like, who, who really are these heroes? I mean, like, okay, sure. Like, all, you know, all doctors are heroes, but... Your job has like a bit of uh, what do you call it? like vehemence to it. Uh, it's more like a kind of intensity uh, to it, like no other. All right, so can you give us a you know a description of what emergency medicine is all about, and perhaps give us a, a gist of how our typical day looks like for you, uh, and how your weekly schedule in the world looks like. Sure. I mean, great question. Um, thank you for asking. You know, there the typical emergency medicine people have you know, all the flashy lights and the highlights of watching, you know, the, the program ER in the 90s right. or in the late 2000s. Um, they think about, you know, uh, yeah, um, you know, the, the show with paramedics and picking up people off the street and trauma and gunshots. And honestly, we, we see a lot of that. <laughs> um, when I was in medical school, before medical school and when I was in medical school, I used to love watching those shows. Now I'm tired of it because I live it every day. I prefer not to. Yeah. I prefer to watch just like Family Guy or South Park or something like that. <laughs> um, but honestly speaking, um, the life of a emergency medicine doctor, um, people think about the glitz and glamour. 
Um, it's not all that. Um, we do take care of a lot of patients that come through the ER and come through the ambulance bay. Um, I like to think about it as uh, controlled chaos. Um, mm. We know how to manage that. And we're trained to actually do that, uh, which uh, prevents our burnout. They always think about, you know, back in the day, you know, people that were grandfathered into emergency medicine. Not sure if you know, but emergency medicine is one of the newest specialties, um, roughly about the late 70s, 60s to 70s, the newest wow. specialties in, in, in medicine and whole. Um, and a lot of people grandfathered in and they, they burnt out. But here with our new training, we don't burn out. We burn out a lot less. Um, we see a lot of undifferentiated patients that walk through the door, some well, um, some not well at all. And it's our job to um, develop a sixth sense, all right, whether it's um, our eyes, ears, smell, um, our touch, just not taste. We don't really taste many things, all right, in medicine as far as disease. <laughs> but um, it's our job to have that sixth sense and to realize who's sick and who's not sick. All right. Um, it's something we take a lot of pride in. People say, uh, you know, um, mercy medicine is not a real field. We're not real specialists. We are specialists. We're the specialists of making sure that we rule out anything that's going to kill someone. So I take a lot of pride in that. Do we do a lot of primary care as well? Absolutely. We are the, the safety net of people that don't have insurance, of people that are immigrants, of people that are in their worst luck of people that are picked up off the tree, off the street. We are the first line of defense. And I take a lot of pride in that and being able to treat and, and see all those types of patients, whether they're male, female, um, different socioeconomic status, whether, um, you know, they have different sexual orientation, whether they're immigrant status. I take a lot of pride in that. And I, I, I myself, I mean, other people may beg to differ, but I myself don't care whether or not um, they pay me in that moment, the hospital will figure it out later. But I want, I myself want to make sure that they're not dying in front of me. Right. right. Yep. So a uh, typical day for me, um, it's a little bit special because of the fact that I am an academic in, um, I do a lot of teaching as well, but a typical clinical day um, usually starts off a little slow and then we get a little bit of a rush around noon, lunchtime. Uh, slows down a smidge, and then we get a huge rush right before dinner. Uh, we were seeing uh, a mix of patients. I mean, just yesterday, I wasn't even the, in the most acute area, but I yesterday I saw an uh, older Russian lady who broke her arm, uh, a young woman who had a red eye, and I had to uh, act like an emergency ophthalmologist, uh, saw uh, abdominal pain, uh, saw someone with an abscess on their buttocks, um, you see GYN complaints, a uh, little bit of a trauma, um, chest pain, um, and even a demented man who has cellulitis. Um, and even a little old lady from Jamaica, 90 years old, coming in with, you know, a urinary complaint. That's not even the most acute area. Mm. On a day where I'm in the acute area, I'm where, I, uh, where I'm actually working with residents, um, I'll see, especially the summertime, which gets a lot busier with trauma. I'll see a GS, uh, a gunshot wound, a, a stabbing, somebody who fell off their rebel scooter or their city bike, somebody who was sit on their city, hit on their city bike, uh, somebody who's fallen off scaffolding, somebody who comes in with a, 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 a heart attack, 
or, or a heart failure, all right, or, or even a young woman with a ruptured uh, tubal pregnancy. This is uh, the, the gamut of what we see, and I work with residents and train them and try to deal with that and help those kind of patients. So that's on a typical clinical day. It would last about 12 hours. Um, on a non-clinical day where I'm mostly teaching, it can range anywhere from giving lectures um, you know, to uh, residents, medical students, uh, to training uh, fellows in ultrasound, which is one of my specialties other than medical education, training fellows in emergency ultrasound to learn how to use the ultrasound machine to make clinical diagnoses. So it goes back and forth. I um, am fortunate enough to have time, protected time with my institution to do both of those. Um, and they, they count on me and I, I count on them to support me in that manner. That's what keep me, that, that's what keeps me sane and keeps me from burning out. Right. I was just going to ask, to do those. How, how do you manage all of this and not burn out? That's what's going to ask. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, it's tough. Early in your career, you feel it. Um, you know, especially when you have loans and you're trying to pay off stuff and, you know, you have wife and children and trying to get a house and all that stuff. Um, you know, it, it's hard. All right. But you have to find you have to make a little bit of time for yourself, what we call wellness. Right. All right. And that was that's one of the biggest things that they talk about in emergency medicine and medicine in general. Mm. But especially emergency medicine, just because there's such hustle and bustle and, you know, it's a huge sprint. All right. For that day that you're there. And sometimes there's a couple of days in a row like that. But you have to make time for yourself to make time for your family. Not easy early in your career, but once you're, you know, get past those like five, six, seven years, it's a little bit better. Right. So, so in about, let's say three adjectives, uh, how, how will you, what are some qualities that you will uh, describe uh, an emergency medicine physician uh, to have or uh, yeah. Three qualities, adjectives. Yeah. Uh, You have to be flexible. All right. Nothing's going to be perfect. Nothing's going to be wrapped in a nice uh, uh, bow tie, uh, a present right in front of you. Nothing's going to be set up nicely. All right. With um, line, pen and paper. You have to be flexible. All right. And um, be aware to fl- roll with the punches, whether it's a change in um, the patient's mental status or their, their clinical status or a change in, you know, going from you know, a slow day to all of a sudden getting a rush of, you know, 10 patients, whether they're sick medically or uh, a school bus accident, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be quick with it mm. um, and roll with it. All right. Cause it's not going to be perfect. And you got to know how to deal with all the complaints from head to toe because we, we know a little bit about everything. Right. So one flexible number two, um, you have to be humble or humility. Um, you're not going to know everything. Um, there are going to be things that you don't see. Not every patient reads the book. So you're not going to have the prototypical uh, uh, case of somebody who has a heart attack. All right. They're all a little different. Nice. All right. It's uh, more common to have uncommon cases of common diseases than common cases of uncommon diseases, if you know what I mean. Wow. <laughs> all right. Yeah. yeah. So not everybody reads the book. So, all right. More common that they're, un- they're, they're, they're different. Mm. All right. But you got to, you, 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 with experience and time, you know what things to look for. 
all right, what dangerous objective findings, such as vital signs and how a patient is. And you, 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 you use a little bit of um, your experience, but a little bit of um, also gambling, all right, because you have to use an educated guess of whether or not you're going to do more or keep someone in the hospital versus discharge them. Right. So humility. Um, and the last thing, um, I would say respect, all right, for all different nationalities and uh, religions, races, creeds, all right, because everybody is the same on the inside, all right? I don't care what color you are, what you believe in, they're all the same and everybody deserves to live, all right? Um, no matter what kind of diseases are, are out there, whether it's a physical disease, a mental disease, a social disease, they all deserve to live, so you have to... Um, you have to have respect all right, for those people and treat everyone the same. So emergency medicine is great in that manner because, you know, I grew up, you know, in a very humble background, like I told you before. And, you know, we grew up poor. Um, we grew up in a mixed background. Um, my background is um, uh, actually Puerto Rican from my father's side and Polish and Italian from my mother's side. Um, and, you know, yeah, I even have extended relatives who are African-American and Korean and you know, Native American, Indian, you know, all that stuff. All right. So I grew up in such a very background. So we have to respect for each other. Right. Right. Yep. right. So those things. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, and so just, just, just a quick interjection. How many years does it take uh, or, or did it take you to become a, uh, an emergency medicine physician? How many years does it sure. take? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so generally speaking, uh, you know, uh, to get into medical school, you need four years of undergrad. Um, some people opt to go straight through to medical school. Um, I always recommend at least a year off. It helps mature you, um, helps you get into the workforce a little bit, pay off bills from undergrad, um, you know, maybe see the world. All right. So I took a year off. So not including that year, um, it was four years undergrad four years of medical school, which uh, if you break down those four years of medical school, they're roughly, you know, most schools are roughly two years in class learning and two years out of class learning, meaning clinical. So that's eight years. And then if, if you look around the country, most emergency medicine residencies are three years, which includes a one year, first year, what we call an intern year. All right, it's that, that intern year, the prototypical intern year that most residencies have. Um, so three year, uh, emergency medicine programs are three years. I just happen to have, uh, you know, the rarer ones that's about 10 to 15. There's maybe 10 to 15% of uh, the country still has four-year programs, which kind of a little older school. So that four year, I, I did four years of emergency medicine with that last year. I use uh, to better myself as a, uh, a, a pretend attending, meaning practicing attending. Um, and I also use that last year to become a chief resident. So I was one of the chief residents at Jacoby. All right. Which I, I worked on administrative capabilities, teaching capabilities, um, uh, you know, jo job searching, um, exploring myself in other, in other uh, venues and avenues. Nice. So four undergrad, four medical school, four emergency medicine resident. After that, you can be a straight up, either you're doing three or four years. After that, you can be a straight up emergency medicine attending. Um, I myself did one extra year just for the hell of it. 
not really. Um, I did one extra year to become an ultrasound fellow and uh, better my skills in Immersi ultrasound. Um, so that was four, four, 12, 13 years of schooling right. or, or training. Right. And I finished that at the end of 20, uh, the middle of 2014. So have been a full fledged attending since 2014 till today. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. And, and, and when we talk about for, for just for our listeners, uh, when we talk about specialties and sub specialties, um, what, what's that all about? Can you clarify that for us? Just for our listeners? Sure. So, you know, you go into emergency medicine or let's say, you know, any other medical fields, internal medicine, surgery, um, there's usually that basic training and they all have different numbers of years of residency. Um, but each specialty, uh, meaning emergency medicine, surgery has a smaller component in which you can get extra training in, all right, to care for a specific subset of that, uh, that, that population or those type of patients. So case in point, medicine, or you can do an internal medicine residency, and then people that want to get into cardiology, uh, pulmonary critical care, rheumatology, gastroenterology, they have to do extra training. And they're all a different number of years. Uh, in pediatrics, same thing. All right, you can do uh, uh, endocrinology, pulmonary critical care, neuro, neuropediatrics, all different. Surgery, same thing. All right, things such as plastic, uh, uh, cardiothoracics, uh, minimally invasive. In emergency medicine, the subspecialties are not not all inclusive, but uh, we have pediatric emergency medicine, ultrasound, emergency medicine. Uh, we have disaster, all right, where you can respond to disasters and uh, uh, pre-hospital care, emergency medicine. Um, you have toxicology. You have pain management, sports, me sports medicine. You have international emergency medicine. Um, it goes on. There's a couple more that I'm probably missing, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. And they all have different number of years. I see. Right, right. right. Yeah. Thank you for breaking down that for us. Uh, now, some yeah. people, Dr. Ayala, some people fall into the trap of um, of wanting to go into medicine for the wrong reasons. Uh, and one one of one of such reasons, or uh, one of such wrong reasons, mm -hmm. include uh, making huge sums of money. Uh, that the assumption uh, and making that uh, one sole goal. Uh, why is that not a good motivation to go into medicine, in your view, uh, and taking into account you know your experience so far in the field? Yeah, I mean, well, the biggest thing you have to look at is our generation now is, you know, gain some, uh, some, some debt. All right. We, unlike our previous generations, you know, education has become more expensive. Um, schools have started to charge more. There are even some um, schools, especially medical schools that are for profit and there are a little easier to get into. They give great opportunities for really, really great students that just don't happen to test well to get into their school, but those students will still have to work very hard and the school is more expensive. So one of the, you know, if you're thinking that you're going to make a lot of money, just be aware if you don't already have medical school and your undergraduate pay for, you're going to be paying off some debt. Now, the great thing is you're going to be comfortable in, in X number of years, let's say mm, 15 to 20 years, you'll pay off that medical school debt. You're going to be working hard, but paying it off and still have, a comfortable living. Now, it, you can go into lucrative fields such as uh, neurosurgery, cardiology, um, plastic surgery, 
make a good amount of money, um, but you're going to be working really, really hard. All right. Um, so if you want that money, great. Um, find yourself really working hard. You may sacrifice a lot of your wellness, a lot of your ability to take care of yourself, your personal, uh, I guess, health, and also whatever your family needs are. Um, and unless you can really balance at that time, don't think that this money is really worth it because money is not everything. All right. For me, myself, um, you know, the only thing I need money for is just ultimately to pay my mortgage, um, you know, uh, make, make sure my son gets into college and that he's comfortable, doesn't have to worry about any of those expenses that I have to worry about. And then every once in a while, have a nice vacation for myself. Other than that, I don't, I, I, I care less what clothes I'm wearing, what shoes I'm wearing. Uh, you know, back in the day, my mom used to, you know, spend those $100, $110, $120 on my, my Nike shoes. Nice. Now I buy, I buy sneakers that are about $40. Nice. You know? Yeah. The only other shoes that I buy are a little bit expensive yeah. is uh, my, my, my work shoes, which are from Clark's, only because I want to have comfortable feet. Right. But I, I, w- I wear those down to the bone, man. I wear those down to the yeah. sole. I, yeah. I, I get good use of them. Sometimes they have holes in the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, do. No, I really care yeah, less yeah. about what I wear. <laughs> right. I mean, I do, I do love vacations because those are memories and those are relaxation that I can enjoy. But um, yeah, if you go into medicine just for the money, find yourself working really super hard unless you're really lucky, some sort of concierge medicine. All right. Or... Um, I would just decide to go into business, <laughs> uh, but FY, that's pretty that, that's pretty cutthroat to begin with. It's so un- it can be unpredictable too. Right, 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 right. Uh, and, and and so thank you for sharing that. Um, now, now, what are some challenges uh, in the medical field uh, and on a more personal basis? Like, what are some of the challenges like that you face as an emergency medicine physician in your daily work process and like in your daily activities? Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to come back with, um, first of all, the benefits all right, of my daily, um, of, every, uh, of what I do every day. Um, the benefits are take care of a lot of people, help a lot of people. They may not come back all right, to emergency medicine, but you see them for a quick visit. You help them heal their ailments or their problem, all right, and then they can follow up. Uh, you meet a lot of great people, too. It's people that, you know... You know, just, you know, a young guy off the street may not realize that, you know, he's a pretty educated guy or an older man who just so happened to be in a bed. And you don't realize that, you know, he's a famous uh, scientist that invented, you know, some sort of medicine that you use every day. I mean, this happens. Um, so the benefits are you see a lot of people, meet a lot of great people, work in great, great teams. Those are benefits. Um the easy part is actually the medicine <laughs> thinking, um, trying to make the diagnosis. That's easy. I mean, are you going to get a hundred percent? Hell no, no way. Uh, nobody's perfect. All right. And then so humility. So, but that's the easy part thinking about the medicine, the hard part. All right. Is the, the politics. There are, po- there are politics in the hospital system. It is, you know, ho- you know medicine is makes money. Right. So the people that are the head of it, they um, they have to make sure that profits keep on coming in unless you work primarily for a public hospital. 
so policies can be big, which includes things such as seeing enough patients, making sure there's a um, specific time frame in which you're seeing the patients, making sure the documenting is is in, in place, and that's a huge other um, you know. Uh, uh, I guess, naked of the day, having to document, spend lots of hours um, putting things on paper. And why do you put it on paper? Yeah, to get paid, but also for the legalities. Um, un unfortunately, you know, things do happen and, you know, they're on certain events and, you, you know, you try to do your best not to get sued and it still happens. But um, it does happen, and it's um, a, a negative, um, and it can really, it, it can really make you feel, you know, feel that you're, you're doing, you're not doing the, a, a good job, or that you tried everything for a patient, and then, then you know, you failed. So that's a big thing. Um, what is another negative? Uh, and even though you have to uh, also respect personalities, there are a lot of personalities that make it very difficult for you to respect. Um, there are people that don't have respect for you. Um, you get a lot of people that either are entitled or a little bit too urban for your good, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and they don't realize that they're in a very professional place and that they need to, and that they need to, um, respect where, where you are and respect the fact that there are other people sick where you're working and they're not the only ones. Yeah. 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 And, and, and do you think there are, there are, um, how, how should I put this? Um, any, any changes uh, that that you think will be positive, especially just perhaps in general um, medicine in general, but also in an emergency medicine, uh, so some of the problems that you, uh, you you brought up, like what are some changes that you think will be good for the current system that we have? Yeah, so I mean, even though they're negative things, the, the changes that happen, so when they require increased documentation, all right, and you know, have you document a certain time you you gave this medicine or a certain time you saw the patient, it's actually better for the patient. It makes you a better doctor. It, it, it's better care for the patient. So that's one thing. Um, I think as well, um, you know, there are certain requirements that the, the, the patients, you know, in patient care that they require, um, such as making sure you document well. Um, you know, it, it gives the patient um, the ability to be in charge of their own care already and get away from that paternalistic previous paternalistic view of medicine but that's great um what else i think um you know the covid pandemic has shown us a lot uh, as far as what this nation is capable of um i think the changes as far as what we had to change as far as you know uh, really um you know realizing what is what is deemed an emergency, what is not, what can be seen outpatient, what is not, all right, what emergency medicine all is about. It was, it, it was good and it continues to be good for a little while, but unfortunately, you know, people re uh, revert back to their old ways of thinking that, you know, the emergency medicine um, department, you know, can be used for everything. Right. You know, back when COVID hit, you know, people were only, should have been only coming for being sick with coronavirus or any other emergencies, yeah. all right? Um, so they stopped coming for a little bit. Uh, but you know, they're reverting back and some people, you know, have to realize they have to phone with the primary care doctor or, you know, they need to find a primary care. So that's a, that's a little more, uh, deeper question and, and, and deeper response.
I, I gotta ask this question. Um, what what is your thing with white coats? <laughs> oh, my white coat. Yeah. So you originally yes. before you asked me. Um, <laughs> that's funny you ask because I have a thing mm. about white jackets too. Um, and also I I, I I also had you address me by my first name too. Yeah. But I mean, physically white coats are just too hot. <laughs> you know, I'm 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 a big guy. You know, I I, I did football, wrestling, rugby. You know, I have a lot of muscle and, and even a little bit of fat on me too. <laughs> but um, I, I generate a lot of heat. So whenever I wear a white jacket and I'm running around the ER and trying to, you know, put an IV line, trying to, you know, resuscitate a patient, trying to see a patient on the other side of the ER, I get way too hot. Right. All right. And there are too many bodies in the emergency department. So I have to take off my jacket. Right. Yeah. So when, I, when I'm at work, I generally wear uh, slacks, like khakis. Um, you know, some nice Clark shoes and I wear like a, a, a polo. Um, so yeah, I get too hot physically. Also with white jackets, I, I feel like the same with my name. Um, I, generally speaking, I have just people refer to me by my first name. Hmm. I introduce myself as my name is Sam. I'm one of the mercy medicine doctors or my name is Dr. Ayala, but you can call me Sam. Um, and I'm going to be your doctor today. Right. And the way I feel about it, just with, you know, the way I feel about not wearing a white jacket, I, I, I'm not all about, I'm not all about the title. All right. I have my knowledge. If they trust me and they and I introduce myself as a doctor and they know that I'm the doctor, the physician, right. all right. I don't need them to raise up my, uh, you know, my, my, my level any more than I, you know, than I earned. Right. I earned the title. Right. And um, I feel as though if they um, if they're used to more calling me Sam. Yeah. All right. Or a lot of people still feel uncomfortable. So they'll call me Dr. Sam. Um, I feel that, though, what, what it does is it shows my humility and it shows still that um, um, I can I can lower myself to their level. All right. And it allows them to be a little bit more open all right, uh, uh, to, for me to communicate with them. Because remember, you know, these patients, I'm meeting a lot for the first, I would say 98% of the patients I meet for the first time that day. And I will never, ever see them again. All right. So um, if I can get them to trust me very quickly in the first five minutes of my interaction, then that's a huge portion of my battle. All right, with, the, with what is going on. Thank you for sharing that. All right, uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, Doctor Yellow, about your uh, general advice for pre meds out there listening to us today, um, or people going into healthcare, you know, and 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 for all the future Doctor Ayala's out there um, in their pre med years, getting ready for medical school, uh, and hopefully yep. one day one day their residency years. What is your advice, and preferably, I guess, like advices? Um, that you have for, for, for us, especially since you've been through all those stages over the years uh, and with, with the experience that you've garnered so far in the process. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, coming from a very humble background, a mixed background, coming from a background where I primarily identify myself as a minority, um, you know, it can be tough for, you know, fellow minorities, especially as well if you're a woman, all right, in that minority position, all right? So uh, my advice for you guys is um, find people that look like you. All right. And that have the same mindset. All right. Even if you're somebody that is Caucasian, 
all right if they have a different mindset than you all right it's not going to work you know if you have a if you have a mindset that is similar and that's open all right and they have press and they have some press they can give you some precedence they can give you some some advice take it all right find find yourself a great mentor mentors keep them nourish that relationship all right um take as much advice as you can and and a great mentor will give you advice and will encourage you <clears throat> if you do the opposite mm. right they'll try to guide you the best way and if you make a mistake they're going to be there to help you pick you up and to you know help you learn from that all right so one of the biggest advice grab grab yourself a great mentor that's similar to you similar background if not similar background somebody that you can identify with or you can at least learn from that background and and, and go with it all right launch yourself um you know it is tough you know there are not not a lot of people that you can look up to all right especially if you come from you know under their background or whatnot and if you don't even if you don't that you know that's fine too all right um but you know really learn from that culture and that knowledge base right. that that person has to offer you so that's one thing uh the second thing is um that obviously that you know it's very cliche to study hard but <laughs> i can't stress it enough you have to study hard you know we you know a lot of people you know do have trouble with taking tests you know including myself um i was able to get myself to this point but you have to study hard all right um sacrifice yourself you know you complain that oh i'm doing this i'm working too hard trust me you sacrifice now and you'll reap the rewards later even if not not, not so much for yourself but for your 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 children or your family right. all right you will reap the rewards all right um yeah um, and the next thing I would say too, um, remember those people that have helped you and pay it forward. All right. Hence why I'm doing this now. I mean, I, I, I love, you know, uh, mentoring young people, all right. Including yourself. If you, you know, I know you have a mentor already. Um, but if even if, if anybody that needs my advice, uh, I'm going to give you my two cents. You take it as it is, but I'm paying it forward. I don't expect anything in return. Right. All right nothing a zero zero sense the only thing i expect is for you when you find someone young such as yourself someone that needs your help and that wants to learn from you you pay it forward all right and let, let it keep on going all right let the cycle continue the good cycle right, right. so that's the best the best advice i can give thank you Thanks. oh and the last thing yes. yeah the last thing re remember where you come from mm. i have no problem talking about my my, my background you know of uh you know being latino being from a mixed culture, growing up, you know, a, a, a Christian, um, uh, uh, growing up in, uh, you know, a very liberal area. And, you know, I have to be open to also new things that I haven't seen. All right. And, but just remember where you come from. All right. Because that's what has raised you and that uh, shaped who you are, what you look like and who you are. Remember where you come from. Thank you, Dr. Ayala. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and what are some resource uh, recommendations that you, you may have for uh, premier listeners um, i mean whether it's college enrichment programs or perhaps like informational websites that you may want to share with our audience sure um so I, as you know i get, i'm a, one of the medical student um res, uh, directors at my institution um one of the big things you have uh uh saem uh society academic emergency medicine they have a lot of resources there for uh um, medical students uh, they have something called CORD, C 
committee of residency directors, not so much for medical students, but more for residents and people that are interested in the academic portion of emergency medicine. Um, and they also have the main governing body of emergency medicine called ASEP, uh, American College of Emergency Physicians. All right. The, so that the, those are the huge organizations that can give a lot of, um, uh, I guess, resources to medical students um, that are in medical school, interested in emergency medicine, but people as well that are um, pre-med interested in potentially emergency, emergency medicine in general. All right. Now, if you just want uh, information on medicine, I recommend uh, um, AAMC, um, which is just um, before medicine in general. Right. right. Yep. Right. Thank you so or, much. Or, or, or AMA. Yep. Oh, American yeah. Medicine. Okay. Okay. For sure. Guys, we will link, well, I'll, I'll, we will make sure that we link all of those um, uh, recommendations and uh, informational websites that uh, Dr. Yala just mentioned. Uh, below. Yep. So check it out. And please make sure to let, let your, uh, your listeners know uh, what my email is. All right. You can give them uh, either my Yahoo one or uh, my NYP one. I'm more than happy to answer any questions. For sure. Thank you so much. And guys, I, I'll put that in the description as well. So uh, check, check that below when we're done. Um, thank you. So oh, yeah. Much and, and if you and if you want to invite me to any of the colleges, too, I'm more yeah. than happy to speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, guys, uh, join, join me to say a big thank you to Dr. Ayala. I mean, just 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 the, 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 the sole information um, and depth of knowledge. Um, thank you so much, uh, you know, Dr. Yala. But before, before I let you go, uh, what are your social media handles so that our students can follow you? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I'm yeah. only on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> just because, just, just because yeah. I, I graduated from Brown University and right. uh, of, the, of, of the original Facebook mm -hmm. um, uh, colleges, we were one of the first. Wow. So I've been on Facebook since 2004. I want to say 2003. Yeah. 2003, 2004. Yeah. Yep. I've, been, no I've had a Facebook account. Yeah, I, try, I, 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 I think I have a Twitter account, but I don't really follow it. Okay. And I think I just, I think I just um, joined Instagram, but again, I don't follow it. <laughs> so just email me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little old for school. Sure. For sure. For yeah. sure. Guys, I will link, I will link Dr. Yala's email down in the description. Oh, uh, thank you so much, Dr. Yala. Um, all right, guys. Uh, and so for the, uh, until we meet uh, uh, next time, uh, we'll see you all on the next episode. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.